How are you? Oh, swell. I'm equally swell. Uh, My chin is just erupting in acne right now, and it's very annoying because oh, I'm like no. trying to get it under control. You know, I spent like three weeks not really having a problem, and now, right. now it's happening. Oh, hate that. So, yeah. Hate when that happens. It always happens. It's like my face senses when something important is coming up and it's like, oh, you want pimples, right? Right. You want them you want a little all extra. <laughs> you want them all yeah, over your face. I finally got rid of like the holes on my face. And then like, since I'm getting my period, it's like, oh, the little ones are, I'm like, no, don't touch them. <laughs> They'll become holes. It's not good. It's really not good. Yeah. So, oh. and then my eye is a little puffy still. It's this oh, one that was yeah. like really bad yesterday. I took my allergy meds today thinking like maybe an antihistamine might help. Right. But <laughs> yeah, I woke up this morning. I was like, why can't I still see out of this eye? Are we not done <laughs> with this? And apparently we're not. So yeah, no, that t- it takes a while to go down. And for me, it's the eye- like the eyelids just fucking get so swollen. I look like, you know. What do you call it from the Goonies? Sloth. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I looked it's like not I got, attractive. <laughs> I looked like I had gotten into a fight yesterday. I was like, oh my God, nobody look at this eye. And especially like if you tear up at all for any reason, it's so swollen in here that it can't get out of your eyes. Right. So it's <laughs> just your vision's just cloudy. You know, like if you sneeze and like your eyes water a little bit, that's just stuck there now. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get that out. Oh man. So we're in great shape, I think. Yes, I think so. The general theme of that's this what we're uh we're all about this weekend. Anyway, this is I hate it. Let's watch it. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. We watched Nocturnal Animals for this episode. I have a burning question for you. Uh Uh-huh. Do you have something against Amy Adams? (laughs) (laughs) See, now I knew once I watched it over and I told you to your face, you're going to like this movie. (laughs) And I am still kind of like on the fence. Like I understand it a little better. Because I think the first time I watched it, I just... I don't know. I think I was just, maybe it is Amy Adams. I feel like that has to be the explanation because both of these movies were fine. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that I do think this movie was too long and oh yeah dragged in some parts but it was also like very suspenseful in other parts. It wasn't like uncut gems long and given how or how and where we end i was okay with the overall experience whereas i was not okay with the overall experience of uncut gems Mm. but it could have been probably at least 20 minutes if not a half hour shorter yeah and i could show you because i watched during lunch Mm -hmm. i have one two and a half Okay, well, then you're going to have to lead the discussion because I have uh, two thirds of a page of notes. I barely took notes at all for the two hours of this movie because I was engrossed. I was watching it. I was like, and then what happened? Like, I, I, was, very, <laughs> I was very into it. There were a lot of famous people in this movie. There were and, a lot. Yes. And some of them were in it for a blip where I when I saw their name come up in the credits at the beginning, I was like, oh, this person's in this movie. And then they were there for like 30 seconds and then they were gone. I was like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> that's it then like martin oh. sheen like martin sheen is he oh looks yeah fabulous in his purple blazer and that's one of my notes but then never again we don't we don't see him ever again <laughs> right and uh, i i didn't okay yes please tell me why you didn't like this movie i honestly think it was amy adams acting <laughs> I thought she was amazing. I kept thinking the whole time, like, man, people were so wrong about her when she started in Enchanted and everyone's like, oh, this is just all she's ever going to be able to do. And then she does all of these other versatile things like sharp objects and this movie. Ugh. Sharp objects I like, but okay. this is the thing. I I don't know. I just did not like her in this movie. I felt her to be just so blah and negative the whole time and i understand the premise of the movie but i feel like prior to her getting the book she's just a blah human being like can we just let's just talk about the opening really quickly okay yeah a lot of naked women dressed as like drum majors <laughs> yeah i did not expect so much boob in the first two minutes of the movie <laughs> and the G. i mean we were seeing yes. bush we were seeing a lot of things. butts and boobs and everything was flying about and then you realize it's an art exhibit or whatever yes and she's just sitting there staring into space so depressed looking and i'm like oh this is how this is gonna go like this she's just gonna be this depressing sad fucking person and we're gonna follow this whole thing and you know so Right off the bat, what could be so suspenseful about this movie? And uh, yeah, but then we get a little more into it and find out her backstory, which she's with Army Hammer. Oh, yeah. It was interesting seeing him. Yeah. I was like, oh, this isn't going to age well yeah. at all. But, you know, she seems to be very rich. I mean, that property was amazing. Mm-hmm. she has staff right which i think that also turned me off because not only does she seem like a miserable human being but she comes home and she has like her butler or something open a package for her she got a paper cut like fucking no stop <laughs> it that this it, it wasn't a good starting point okay but can i just interject for a second because it seems like your problem is with her character but is it with Amy Adams? No, it's the character. It's not okay. her as an actress. No. Okay. It's the character. All right. Which is why we're here. <laughs> uh, well, uh, but like bad acting could also be why we're here. But I don't no, think she did a bad, bad job acting. of acting. <laughs> no, it's not bad acting. It's the writing for her and the character. Okay. So then we get, she gets in the mail, a book written by her ex-husband called Nocturnal Animals. And he's basically like, I want you to read it. Let me know what you think, kind of thing. Yeah, well, it was it was like a, you know, you gave me the push I needed to get where I needed to be as a writer. Mm -hmm. it, oh, man, I don't know. It, like, I just, I love, I don't want to say I love this movie, but like, I kind of loved the the petty revenge of it. It was so great. That I think I liked more the second time around. I think okay. it really it stuck with me better than the first time I watched it because mm -hmm. the first know. time you were probably distracted by how much you didn't like Amy Adams character or I was just kind of over analyzing probably at that time and then I just didn't really pick up on the point whereas now that I did okay. the rewatch I get the point so I even said to you I don't hate it as much as I thought I did mm -hmm. but I still have my qualms okay tell me tell me more well <laughs> like did he have a car <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh lord 
So the movie basically goes back and forth between a visual of the book and back to real life, which is why my notes are highlighted because the highlighted parts are the book parts. So Uh I know what to look for. Mm -hmm. And she starts reading it and it's about a family of three, husband, wife, daughter. They're going on a road trip. They're going on vacation or whatever. The wife is a redhead. The daughter's a redhead. So right off the bat, you're like, is this about them? There's so many, so many redheads in this movie. I really appreciated the representation. Right? <laughs> yes. You don't and see, see I love Isla Fisher. So yes. Oh, yeah. Her. I mean, I love her as well. But she was really not in this movie like that. No. She's one of the people that was really not in it very much. No. So they're going on this road trip. And they end up getting basically driven off the road by these fucking asshole guys. They were the worst. I think I hated that scene a lot, too, because it was just one of those, oh, they're taunting. Oh, it was just typical douchebaggery that mm-hmm. I-, I couldn't stand. Yeah, it was, I actually I was very tense that whole scene because I kept trying to think of what you could do differently to not get stuck in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't think that they did a whole lot wrong. You know, maybe you could argue that Jake Gyllenhaal shouldn't have honked at them to get around them when they were like, right, they were blocking the roadway. But that's not necessarily an unreasonable thing to do if they're blocking the roadway. Right. And India probably shouldn't have given them the finger out the back window, but she's also a stupid teenager. So there were little things that maybe might have made it not so bad, but I really think they were just fucked. Like these guys were out there looking to fuck around with people. And yeah. and there was no other way that the situation was going to end. So I think there was like that kind of sense of impending doom that was making me incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. And the main guy who plays Quicksilver in the Marvel movies, <laughs> he's actually kind of cute. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, he's disgusting in this movie. But oh, he's like... disgusting. In the... <laughs> and we'll get to that. I think that's my only perhaps... Since this is my only exposure to him, maybe if I had seen him in a Marvel movie, I would feel differently. But since this is where I now know him from, I'm I'm always going to think of him shitting on that toilet. That was hilarious, though. <laughs> that was another thing about how they were, how they got into this situation and how there was basically nowhere they were going to get out. There's even a part where cops pass by them and don't yes. even attempt to stop. I wrote that is one of my very few notes. I was like, how the fuck would they drive right by this? Because obviously these these are motorists in distress. Right. You could at least stop to make sure that they're okay. Like, I'm pretty sure that's part of what a state trooper or, you know, any kind of highway patrol would would do. That's kind of their job. God, here they would there'd be like five of them blocking yeah. the road. Like, what are <laughs> these people true. doing? How many <laughs> tickets can we give out right now? Yeah, I guess God. you're kind of not on the shoulder enough here. So <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna write, write you up. Yeah, write you up for that. Yeah, that was that was frustrating because I also I was like, what fucking cop is just be unless maybe they were on their way to another emergency of some kind, but even then, they should probably radio for another unit to go check on them. Right. Basically, there's back and forth, and two of the guys take the daughter and the wife, drive away. Mm-hmm. And then the third guy makes Jake Hall's character then drive to a certain location. Right. Out in the middle of nowhere. There. Yeah, and then leaves him there. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to like talk the whole movie in order. But we end up finding out, unfortunately, that the two 
in different ways because they didn't do the same thing to both of them, which I found interesting. Mm-hmm. The wife had a fractured skull and was suffocated. No, she wasn't suffocated. The daughter was suffocated. Oh, okay. So the wife just had the fractured skull and that's how she yeah. died. Yeah. And then the daughter was suffocated, had a broken arm and was raped. They were both raped. They were bo- I thought it, the wife wasn't raped. No, she was. Because even at the end, the guy's taunting him and he's like, I fucking remember your wife. I remember yes. fucking your wife. Yep. I mean, he could be lying, but I think I'm pretty sure the cop told him that both of them are raped. Okay. Yeah. And then he also says later too in, in that scene- if your daughter thinks I'm a rapist, she's getting raped. Yeah, well, I think that explains the difference in how they died because I'm thinking that that death was more personal because he was offended by being called being a called rapist. Mm-hmm. And he was that was like a crime of passion, whereas maybe with the wife, the, they he just got pissed or was like trying to subdue her and they smacked her in the head twice and then she ended up dying from that. Like, right. I, So I think that's why the, the, they were different. Then back in regular time the real world the real world <laughs> we do find out that army hammer's cheating obviously <laughs> yeah dude. and maybe he asked to eat her flesh who knows mm, we don't know we never we got to know. see it but we, we never can only assume <laughs> and then she starts having flashbacks of how she met the ex-husband right. they knew each other growing up they ran into each other later in life i thought they had great chemistry i thought so too and they're talking and they it's because they already have this banter that is like comfortable mm-hmm. even after not seeing each other for so many years yeah and they go into a discussion where basically jake Hall was best friends with her brother mm-hmm. who happened to be gay and mm-hmm. it was his first crush and she admits oh you were my first crush too which i think that's a lot of a lot to take in like I'm siblings first crushes like that's nice like it was just like I don't know like hit with one after the other was kind of interesting now I wasn't fully paying attention to that conversation I don't remember why and I thought about rewinding to just clarify it but I thought that he said that he his first crush was Amy Adams I think so but I think she then admits that he was her crush too yeah right okay I didn't understand what the brother had to do with that I guess because that's how they met was through the brother because Jake Gyllenhaal and her brother were best friends but then her brother ends up being gay or whatever and falls for Jake Gyllenhaal and I think the whole thing oh okay yeah got it got it got it okay and then I I, um, I, like I missed something in there and then I was like I don't care enough to go back (laughs) (laughs) and then um you know you find out that her family is extremely conservative republican bigots racists the whole thing. Laura Linney in this role. Holy shit. She was so amazing. Oh my God. And the it was hair. Just, yeah. I almost I mean, didn't recognize her. It was a typical, I mean, like, Fabulous. it was, yeah, it was perfectly portrayed. And... She did it so well. And not that we have Southern mothers or anything, but I feel like I could hear my mother in her occasionally. I mean, you know, my mom's not racist or whatever, but she might be like slightly of the mind that she knows what's best for me mm-hmm. <laughs> at all times <laughs> and that's how that conversation felt where where she was telling her that uh she was going to be engaged and it was like not acceptable to mom yeah <laughs> and it was like oh no i can hear that yeah and the amount of just dissing that the mother did of jake gyllenhaal like he's too weak for you he and it's like she just kept going and i'm like oh 
yeah hate someone much it was just such a it was uncomfortable yeah it reminded me a little bit of the notebook yes it had the same same vibe same vibe where it was just like he's a nice guy but he's just not suitable for you right and that's i mean that's just the opposite of what you should say (laughs) i mean regardless of what you believe because like i i think in the notebook and in this movie it just made the the female protagonist even more determined to now commit to that person and and go for it right because then at this point you are just doing it out of spite Right, like, or at least partially out of spite. Partially out of spite. I'll show you. Mm-hmm. Nanny, nanny, poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> Love to hear you say it. <laughs> so she then, back to the present day, she emails him and is saying how she's enjoying the book and she thinks that they should meet up. Um, sends the email, whatever, and we go back to the book. And it's a year later since the horrific attack on his family and he's able to identify the guy who made him drive to that location or whatever and yeah the detective i want to talk about him really quick i love him but go ahead Uh, oh i i love him in everything (laughs) deeply obsessed (laughs) his sarcasm his wit his just grungy attitude was just amazing and also, like, specific to this movie and this role, just, like, competent police work, which I feel like is the easy the easy route to take for other dramatic movies where, you know, like, they run up against a lot of problems in the investigation. There's, like, people who don't know what they're doing or there's just complications with the investigation. This was very, we found the guy. Is this the guy? This is the guy. Great. We got him. And it was just, like, it was so satisfying to watch them work together yeah. and actually have it produce results yeah i mean obviously it goes a little haywire at the end a little bit but (laughs) but i was okay with that too because it was uh, sometimes you got to take justice into your own hands am i right (laughs) especially when um you're on death's door why not Mm -hmm. yeah it was good and i think it helped man up jake gyllenhaal's character book Mm -hmm. character i should say it kind of just gave him more of this um allowance to be a little more rough around the edges where yeah last week yeah this okay so this part i had to write down because it was the it's back to present day and she's just sitting in her office blankly staring into space that she does most of this movie and one of her co-workers comes in to let her know that there's a board meeting happening soon and she gives her the whole spiel about the book like my husband used to call me a nocturnal animal i never slept yada yada And then she admits, she goes, she didn't believe in him and his writing and his Mm -hmm. everything. And she left him in a brutal way. Mm -hmm. Now, I did not remember this part. So this is when I started acting like I was seeing it for the first time. And I'm like, how brutal could it be? And after that scene, I found it kind of funny that she passes this piece of art that says revenge Yes, I mean, big letters. That was not subtle. It's not (laughs) this movie is not subtle. And I also love that one of the curators comes by and passes, and she's like, "Where did we get this?" And she's like, "You bought it for us, like however Mm -hmm. many years ago." And I was like, "Wow!" Like, I mean, it's huge. It says "Revenge," right? Very large on Mm -hmm. the wall. 
And she starts talking to the other woman. Jenna Malone. Again, I was like excited to see her name there. And then this is it. This is her one scene. And then the boardroom. And she was really good too. Yeah. Even in that little minimal time. Yo, why was there a jump scare in this movie? I said that I'm like 48 (laughs) minutes in, guys. There's a jump scare that you do not expect at all. It scared me to the point where I got mad because I was like, how dare you? (laughs) It was more. And yeah, this was more of like a horror movie jump scare than a suspense thriller right and i found it funny that she wasn't that mad that her phone was broken i mean she did say she's like a new one comes out next week but you know she was watching her child on it so for a screen to be cracked would be kind of annoying for me but yeah i guess but like uh, i i feel like i wouldn't be like i wouldn't yell at the person that dropped my phone you know like no <laughs> i because i'm that kind of person i'm like passive and i don't enjoy confrontation so i would just be like it's okay thank you for breaking my phone <laughs> <laughs> oh man so then we're in the boardroom and this was a weird meeting see this is one of the scenes i feel like could have been cut because i didn't really get the relevance I didn't either. Unless the point was being made that she was starting to feel guilty that she never gave her ex-husband a chance or never believed in him. And so she was trying to, like, change and give somebody else the benefit of the doubt since she never did that with him. Right. But But it was a little embarrassing how that came about, though, because they're sitting there and they want to fire this woman. And Mm -hmm. they're like, you wanted to fire her. And it's like, oh, fuck. Well, well, I take it back now. (laughs) I don't... I didn't get the impression that that was the change. She said she wanted to make a change. So I don't know if she had specifically said we should fire this person or if that was just the change that somebody else came up. I don't know. Either way. Oh, I, well, like, no, they wanted to cut this woman. They wanted to get rid of her. Right. But so they said you they said you wanted change. to. Yeah, they right. said you wanted to make a change, but they never said like you wanted to fire this woman. Mm. They just said you wanted to make a change. I don't know how much that detail matters. And I don't know how much the scene matters. Because like I said, if that's the only like relevance to the story, I, I didn't really need it. And that's the part of me that overanalyzes scenes like this only because I think when I'm not understanding, I will nitpick every little thing just to see if it has a relevance that I didn't catch on to. Like, okay. oh, if I paid attention to that scene, would it make more sense to me? So that's why I think I got very detailed in notes because <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I got it. And here I am thinking that scene might have had relevance, but I guess. Well, I mean, I didn't think so. It doesn't mean it doesn't. But I do feel like this is the kind of movie that if it were a book, you could spend a really long time in a lit class going over all of the symbolism and all of the parallels because there is a lot there and the novel nocturnal animals is basically an allegory of uh, of their relationship Mm -hmm. and the and and him becoming the strong man that she needed that or that she wanted and that he never was and so i think there's a lot in there that you could unpack if you wanted to spend more time on it uh and maybe there's a lot in that scene that you could unpack i just didn't really feel like it was needed especially at the length that we were at by that time i was just kind of like okay we can move this along like we don't really 
Same with her daughter. The scene where she calls her daughter oh, to yeah. make sure that she's okay. <laughs> like we had to know her daughter's boning someone. So they're just laying on the bed completely naked. I didn't even really need to know she had a daughter. I think we just, I think that was to just finalize, okay, this book is kind of about their life, but rewritten in some way. But it's not, it's not like. It wasn't his daughter. Yeah, it's not his daughter. Like if it had been her ex-husband's daughter, I kind of understand that. Yeah. But since it's not, it's just, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's something in it that I'm not paying attention to, but Mm -hmm. I I didn't need that detail. True. And we don't even see like Army Hammer contact her at all. Like, like she she's so random. She's just she like, is random. She just calls her, and it's just like, okay, well, like, where does your daughter live? Does yeah. she stay in touch with you? Does she like what is what is the relationship here? And also, I got really confused at that moment because I thought we were seeing Army Hammer in bed with the chick again. I I didn't know what we were seeing until she actually answered the phone because. It was a redhead, so I was thinking. I was thinking we were doing a flashback with Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal when they were married uh, or when they were dating. It was just confusing because we hadn't we hadn't heard of anything of her until that moment, and right. we never hear anything of her after that moment. <laughs> oh, but then we get taken back to the novel, and this is when they find Ray at his home, and he is taking a shit in the toilet outside the front door on his porch <laughs> on his porch great setup though i mean he's got his toilet paper he's got you know yeah i mean like if you live out in the middle of nowhere it's probably nice to take it down like, i was gonna say i wonder i wonder you know would it be comfortable to sit out like shit outside that would i don't know if i if i really love the idea of like my whole ass exposed to nature just for like bugs and stuff i i don't know what could be like crawling up in the toilet yeah that's true luckily though um i don't think ray gives a shit about stuff like that and um that's true the best is the um andy's the the detective he's like you know listen you need to come with us and he goes to wipe his ass he's like can you turn around he's like unfortunately i can't and i'm like Ew. <laughs> like did we have to see the shit on the toilet paper like, yeah i know not they necessary. showed us the shit it was rude Oh, oh my god. So then they take him, I'm about to take him to the station, and they're recounting the story, and I, again, like we said about the detective work and how this guy works, he sits in the back seat with Ray, mm-hmm. basically threatening him the whole time, has a gun out, and is just kind of like... Yeah, I read you your rights. Yeah. Yeah, right. And yeah. and we find out, records the whole conversation, so that mm-hmm. was even better. And um, uh, Tony which is Jake Gyllenhaal's character in the book. Thank you. I couldn't remember. (laughs) Yeah. He is reciting the story and everything that happened. And Ray is like, I didn't do that. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a killer. I don't remember any of this. And we're back to present day. But she is then daydreaming about her past with Edward. Oh, man, I didn't highlight that. Oh, no. The system's breaking down. I know, right? (laughs) Oh, okay. So that scene basically... It's, he wrote something, had her read it. I didn't like her delivery with him on how she felt about the book. Because yeah. she was a little like, I caught myself daydreaming during it. And it's like, whoa, rude. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, like, this is why I don't share my writing with anybody. Because I fear rejection so much. And I just, 
uh, thinking about showing somebody because like your writing is so vulnerable. It comes mm-hmm. from a place that you don't show everybody and to show it to somebody you care about. He said it too, like to show somebody who you are and have them not understand you is so shattering. So that's why I just don't do it. So I know he's <laughs> read my my Scars fans fiction. <laughs> but if anybody were to, it would be me. And I don't think I'd have any criticisms because I like your writing a lot. So we'll get back to that another time. But yeah, that was crushing. I felt crushed for him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh, so then also then the scene, she's she's breaking up with him, basically. And she's like, you know, we want different things or I want different things. And she admits she's unhappy. Mm-hmm. And he gives the whole speech of, you know, when you love someone, you work on it and all that stuff. And, um, you know, she ends up walking away. And, and then we're back to the novel. He admits he has cancer. Mm-hmm. They're letting him go or forcing him to retire or whatever. Right. You know, they don't want him to live out his life working. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. And he's so like, he's but like I... I, yeah, I don't care now. Like, let's just fuck these guys up. Right. He's I like, got nothing to won't... lose. He's like, if they don't go back to their camp, they're going to come back to my camp. Right. And that's exactly Because Ray got arrested, but then they let him off because they didn't have enough evidence. Right. So he's back out on the streets. So then they got him, they brought him to a bar, like they met him at a bar, mm-hmm. hoping he'd get like rowdy enough to, for a reason to arrest him again. And then that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And they take him back to that place I assume the same trailer. That was the camp. You just said it. They brought okay, him back the to camp. Like, the The detective has some kind of a, I Orchard guess, a house. house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a house where he goes to to shake down criminals, <laughs> which doesn't go that well because unfortunately Ew. the detective is sick, as Very we know, Ill. and he was holding Lou and Ray. Right. And telling Tony, like, shoot them. It's your chance and all that. But he starts coughing, spitting up, and has to run to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And the two guys just kind of look at each other like, and go. And, then <laughs> and they just, let's get out of here. <laughs> and they run. And Tony manages to shoot Lou. I assume it wasn't life-threatening at that moment. It looked like he shot him in the gut. So, like, that'll right. kill you if you don't do anything about it. Right. But it wasn't an instantaneous death. No. no. Ray gets away. Detective comes out basically takes the gun from Tony and makes sure Lou's dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Shoots him yeah. again. And yeah. Back to present day reminiscing. We find out how she met Hutton, which is Army Hammer. What the fuck kind of a name is Hutton? Hutton. So terrible. Basically, we find out that not only is she, not only is she cheating with Hutton, she aborted her baby with Edward. Right. So that's a double whammy. Yeah, that's not great. That's not the best. It was a little cliche, though, that Edward was there and saw them in the car together, I guess, after they were at the abortion clinic. Right. I guess maybe he was following her, but like they almost made it seem like he just happened to be walking by and was like, <gasps> you oh, guys. See, are- and I thought they were <laughs> like, he pulled up to their house Oh, to drop her home. And then he was outside. Gotcha. I thought that they had just got, and maybe I just need to rewatch that scene. I thought they had just gotten in the car together after the appointment or something. But you could be right. That could be right. Because, like, I didn't know how else 
Edward would have known that they had gone to get the abortion. Right. So I thought that they were kind of like in the parking lot of the abortion clinic. Right. I think it was just we see them leave, realize that they were at a clinic together. And then the next scene you see they're in the car talking about it. So I can only assume they drove and he was dropping her home and they were just talking in the car. Gotcha. I still don't know how unless Edward was following them that whole time. I don't know how he would have known about the abortion. Right. But of course, they really set the scene with like, it's pouring out and he's, it's in the rain and he's like doused and whatever. And so, yeah, that's the devastatingly horrible way that she ended things with him. Basically. Right. And then this is when in the novel they split up and Tony ends up getting Ray or going to Ray's house. Yeah, he was going in the direction of the trailer because they suspected that he would probably go that way so right when he went that way well actually and, no they suspected he was going to go in the direction of the highway but he didn't he was at the house right so tony gets there and ray just taunts the shit out of him constantly and that wasn't good and then that's when he tells the whole thing about you know if your daughter thinks i'm a rapist then she gets raped i don't like to be called these things so if mm-hmm. you're gonna say it i'm gonna make it happen Oh, because Ray's entire thing was like, I'm not a murderer. I don't kill people. But then he ends up saying, which obviously, because he's a liar, he tells Tony, like, it's fun to kill people. And it's like, okay, so we're breaking you down now because you went from having this stance to now letting it all out and admitting everything. Yeah, it sounds like he just has a very fucked up justification system for his murders, where it's almost like, somebody insulting him or dragging his character through the mud is provocation and so murder is almost like self-defense for Mm -hmm. for him it's not like he just goes around killing people you know they have to piss him off first which is still murder but in his mind he doesn't really see it that way do you know how many bodies there'd be if I did that? <laughs> I know, right? Like, could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> like, you just pissed me off? Well, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> Crowbar to the face. That's yep. what's going to happen. And it's not murder. You can't go to jail for it. Self-defense. Self-defense. <laughs> Defending you were my honor. Under- <laughs> it's self-defense. You were fucking with my head. Yep. Exactly. And you were making me frustrated. So <laughs> Yeah, you brought it upon yourself. Mm-hmm. Then I wrote it was a little Westworldy because when oh the fly the flies yes <laughs> oh honestly. and it had that like westerny kind of yeah vibe. like out in the desert yeah I'm so triggered by flies now it's not it's not okay it's not okay so at that point Ray's dead right and... Tony shoots him but before Ray dies he smacks uh Tony, Tony upside the head with uh I guess a crowbar was, I think it was a crowbar okay yeah. that looked like it hurt so yeah I thought he might have died then but he didn't no but he definitely could not see because yeah trying to get out of the house looked very uncomfortable yeah he kicked Ray in the head that was kind of funny mm-hmm. yeah because he had to pick up his arm and drop it to make sure that Ray was dead because yeah. like I guess he couldn't see him at all right and he gets out of the house or the trailer whatever And he starts walking and walking and he gets to a certain point and he just collapses. And at that point, we realize that he's going to die there. Now, did he accidentally shoot himself in the stomach? Because that's Hmm. what I thought happened. (laughs) He like falls, he like stumbles. And I thought that it seemed like he might have shot himself in the stomach because 
his head injury was bad, but it seemed like he was doing all right until he collapsed. Right. Hold on. Now I got to see if the synopsis is going to tell us because that would make more sense that he would then bleed out. Right. He falls on his gun and it goes off. You were right. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I like. I couldn't tell if I was just like making shit up or if that actually. No, happened. that I did not. Pick okay, up on. <laughs> it it wasn't super clear. That's why I have questions about it because I wasn't even sure that I saw it. Yeah, it turns out that he accidentally shot himself right through the heart. Oh, okay. I did. I thought it was in the tem- stomach, but yeah. But I mean, metaphorically. Yes, that's <laughs> there. We go. Much, much more poetic. <laughs> um. <laughs> Back in present day, we find out she gets a response. He emails her back. He's like, when and where? And this is where I actually had made a comment about this early in my notes, but I loved the very natural look she had in the past, as opposed to the Mm -hmm. dark lip and very like strong look of the present. So she then gets ready for to meet up with him and does just that she takes off the dark lipstick takes off her wedding ring and is kind of trying to go back to that natural look and she gets to the restaurant and ends up waiting there and waiting there and waiting there and that's how the movie ends and we have to guess why (laughs) and i think that's what pissed me off the most oh granted i understood it more the second time i watched it yeah but also, I don't know. I, I felt like there could have, I don't know. This was the most elaborate fuck you I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's, yeah. why, that's why I say I kind of love it because it's just so petty. But uh, I mean, like maybe not petty because she did actually treat him like shit and maybe sort of deserved it. But the lengths he went to i mean he wrote this whole manuscript Uh and because he's getting it published at least it seems like you know it's gonna get him somewhere it's not just like he wrote on his computer like 20 pages and then like mailed it to her in a desperate attempt to make her feel like shit so he wrote that whole manuscript sent it to her reached out to her implying that he would like to see her and then waited for her to basically like get back in touch with him to be like, ah, oh, yeah, I love this. And I would love to see you again. And then be like, fuck you, bitch. I'm right. standing you up. And it's just like, ah, oh, the salt, the salt content of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, however, look up some facts that I found interesting. Okay. I didn't realize when the credits in the beginning, Tom Ford the designer mm-hmm. directed this movie. I had no idea. And then it says he didn't use any of the clo- any, any of his clothes. Oh, interesting. Throughout the movie. It's based on the book Tony and Susan. <gasps> now I got to go read the book, Don. I know, no, I, I got to read the book. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix was considered for the role of Ray and then dropped out. I could totally see that too. Especially but, like Joker, Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, but also I felt like too much of a big name for that kind of a role. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So it made more sense. There were a lot of parallels, obviously, to the book and then real life mm-hmm. when Susan's criticizing Edward's book in the past. Mm-hmm. She's sitting on a bright red sofa. And then where the murder took place they were positioned on like a red mm-hmm. couch or I, I think it was like the backseat of a van or something. Right. Like yeah. Garbage. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, when she dumps him, 
and she walks away and he's standing there in a window i assume a car sales place mm-hmm. dealership a dealership <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> we got there we got there there's a pontiac a classic pontiac and then that is also the car mm. that he drives in the book obviously the ending is intended to be subjective the viewer we could mm-hmm. take it any way we want and also the color green shows up in crucial scenes which i found interesting because i did pick up on the green in certain things okay Especially i mean the i end with the dress yeah well i thought it was green because amy adams looks fabulous in green <laughs> well yes any redhead looks fabulous fabulous yeah. in green but also the pontiac was green but it, yeah it was all distinct things that had green in them for it to be pointed out yeah i mean i think this like i said before this movie is chock full of symbolism and if i were if it were my job or my career as a student to analyze all of the similarities and all of the metaphors that are going on here i think it could take hours but you know like some of the more obvious stuff they have those cut scenes where edward is like soaking in the bathtub and susan is soaking in a bathtub you know like it's just it's not subtle that you're supposed to see mirror images from the novel and her actual life and then there are things that are less obvious are more metaphorical the the loss of tony's daughter and wife was literal in the novel but Mm -hmm. figurative and metaphorical in real life so it's like all the kind of stuff that i think is a little bit triggering the english major in me where i'm just like man this discussion could take hours if you really got into it and tried to analyze all the different parts of it but overall i thought this movie was very well done (laughs) i have one more fun fact Fun fact, and this will help us clear up the whole abortion clinic scene. Oh, okay. Some have noted that Edward showing up when Susan and Hutton were leaving the abortion clinic was too coincidental. Yes. (laughs) Even though the film mainly takes place from Susan's point of view, it's speculated that after she broke up with him, Edward most likely suspected that she was cheating on him. At some point, he discovered her infidelity, and he followed her and Hutton the day she ended up having the abortion. Once he saw that they were at the abortion clinic, he put two and two together and realized that they were there for Susan to abort his and her unborn child. Ta-da! Ta-da! I knew it. But I honestly think it's kind of a leap to assume that it was his child if he thought that she was also having an affair. You know, it could have been Army Hammer's child. Right. I immediately assumed it was Army Hammer's kid. Yeah, I thought initially that they were aborting Army Hammer's child because she was having an affair and like whatever Mm -hmm. i think that that would have been a stronger dig at him like if she had left i don't know i i think it would have been worse if there was no abortion and she ended up having that daughter that we then see at some point with army hammer while she was still married to edward like i feel like that would have been harder for him than the abortion but right i don't know or maybe that. now knowing that he has that she has a child with Army Hammer helped yeah. a little with the writing of the book and you know mm-hmm. how he decided these characters get you know what their fate is. But um, yeah, watching it again, I wasn't as like, oh my god, this movie sucked. Mm-hmm. But and it definitely does not. I would never compare it to the woman in the. <laughs> i hated that fucking movie. well maybe if you'd read this book first you would hate it just as much we don't know maybe the book is a lot better 
Maybe yeah, it's so now a lot clearer. Now I'm actually considering, <laughs> yeah, I want to read the book too. Damn it, I have so much on my read list because now I have to read the third 365 book. When oh, the you're movie gonna read comes it. out. Gonna... I mean, yes, because every time I read the book along with watching the movie, it reveals things that are so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it make it heightens the experience for me. But yeah, that concludes our August movies. This concludes. I hate it. Let's watch it summer. But like we said, September, we should have a movie lineup for you soon. Definitely doing 365. You did promise we would do teeth in September because you thought it was vagina awareness. Month. Oh, right. And I was like, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> there, there's something wrong with that. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. We can do that. Okay. And then... um. We'll figure out another one or two. To see. Yeah. You know where to find us. Twitter, Instagram, website, merch store. Don't forget to buy us a cocktail. So till next time.